good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Courtney Cup, Henny Cup again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Uh, as host Robert Pilot always says, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. And today I wanted to welcome back to the show, but this time as a guest host, and not just a guest, Arvina Martin of Emerge Wisconsin. Hello. How are you doing, Haley? I'm good. Glad to be here with you. How's your yeah. Tuesday? Yep. Fabulous. It's a lovely sunny day here in Madison, Wisconsin, and I am so happy to be sitting here in my basement with you guys all <laughs> on Native Roots Radio. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope I hope the audience will be gentle with me. This is my first time ever hosting um, a radio show. Uh, so, you know, a little nervous, but excited because I always have a really good time talking with Robert and, and with you too, Haley, um, on the show. Um, and like I said, I'm super happy to be here. Um, I wanted to kind of jump right in and talk a little bit about our youth. Um, before this segment started, Haley and I were talking about the uh, North American Indigenous Games that are happening right now in Nova Scotia in Canada, um, specifically Halifax. And I don't know about everybody else out there in Indian country or, you know, just regular country. <laughs> Twin Cities Metro. Twin Cities country, <laughs> Minnesota country. And shout out to my to my um, buddies in Lodi, Wisconsin that, that have heard me on this show too. So Lodi country. Um, but my Facebook feed um, has been uh, just completely full of, of posts from really, really proud parents and aunties and uncles and Chokas and Gaga is about their youth participating in these games. And um, Haley, you'd not heard about the Indigenous Games, have you? I have not. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. And I wish I heard about it before. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the Indigenous Games are an Olympic-style competition for um, Native youth throughout uh, North America. Um, I looked, and I believe that there's about 23 teams representing states and provinces, as as well as including um, the Haudenosaunee. Um, so they have their team, which, you know, crosses crosses national borders as well. Um, and, and there are all kinds of youth participating in sports, like everything from canoeing and kayaking to track and field, basketball, rifle. Um, and the reason why I've been paying extra special attention, volleyball, uh, my daughter Ho-Chunk-Way, who is also named Arvina, is part of the 16 and under Team Wisconsin uh, girls volleyball team. And I'm super stoked that they have um, been uh, able to win their first two matches. So yay. Um, yay, go Wisconsin. It, it was super cool. Um they have they they've been streaming a lot of the events, a lot of the games on YouTube. So anybody who is interested in checking out some of these incredible native athletes um, and our our youth, uh, you should check out look up on YouTube the North American Indigenous Games to see if you can watch some of these games um, and. It was so cool for me to be sitting at my house again in my basement because that's where my that's where the 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 TV that can like I can what do they call it like Chrome oh. Chromecast but like where I have it on my laptop but then I can send it to my TV. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm blanking on what that's called. Right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. the youth, if there are any youth that are listening to us right now, they'll be like, oh my god, it's called blah blah blah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and- I know. And I'm Gen Z, so I should know this term. So. <laughs> Well, in any case, I it was super cool to watch, and um, I got to hear, you know, chants in the background going, let's go, Wisco, clap, 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 clap. Wow. Um, and, yeah, what a, what a cool event, uh, like, for our youth to participate in. I know right. that, that um, my daughter, Arvina, was – she's been practicing all year, you know, going up from Madison up to the Menominee reservation, Kashina to -hmm. practice, you know, at least every month, sometimes more than, and more than once a month. And they've, all these kids have been working so hard at fundraising, um, to be able to go out to Halifax, which is not, an inexpensive trip, (laughs) you know? Um, so, so these kids all have been raising money and practicing their hearts out to go play. Um, that's amazing. Is there an age? Are there certain age groups of kids that go out and do that? Yeah, I believe it's night, like maybe like 13, 14 up to 19. Um, I know that the, there's some of the basketball teams are 14 and under, um, as, and, and track and field and, and all of these, oh my gosh, so many different sports. I, so I was a swimmer growing up and we had the indigenous games when I was the right age to participate, <laughs> sure. but they didn't have swimming and now oh. they do. And like, I, I'm, I can't lie. I, I watched so many videos or so many like Facebook lives of the opening ceremonies and all of these kids, you know, coming out just like Olympic athletes, athletes with their, with their tribal nation flags. And, you know, they're wow. all taking pictures in this huge arena and I got teary, you know, yeah. it, I will be honest. It does not take a lot to make me teary. I get very emotional very quickly (laughs) but this was so cool and and to see to see all of these youths being able to walk in behind their tribal flag and you know know that this was a lot of hard work that they put in over at least a year not to mention the their work going up to it right you know did you participate in sports growing up Haley You know, I did. I played a wide variety of sports, especially just through elementary school, really. But um, as a kid, I was outside in the woods all the time. And growing up with, I had all male cousins uh, who played hockey. And I I wanted to play ice hockey so bad. But uh, being the only girl, I was forced into figure skating. Um, (laughs) <sighs> which there's there's uh, great things to learn in that sport as well, but it just wasn't for me. But I also, <laughs> right. As, exactly. as your local roller derby person. <laughs> yes, no physical contact. Um, but no, I did track and then I was a catcher for softball. Uh, had, a, had a pretty nice, uh, Joe Maurer was my uh, role model for baseball for catcher. So, right on, right yeah. on. Well, I can I can relate. So, I was always terrible with any sport involving hand-eye coordination, which is why I was good at swimming and now at roller derby because there's no ball involved. I don't have there to you touch go. anything <laughs> or really aim that hard. <laughs> Aiming at a person when you're standing like within a like within a foot next to them is different than aiming trying to, you know, throw a pitch. But you know, I just, I really loved, I, I really loved doing sports. And I, I think, you know, I, I'm just, I'm part of me is really jealous that I didn't get to do that or my, our age groups didn't really get to participate. But I'm so grateful that these kids now and going forward will. And maybe they need to start thinking about adding a winter sports. Yeah, that would be, I exactly. mean, hockey. Yeah, huge. It could be huge, huge. And, you know, I think I just wanted to to touch base and and really shout out all of our North American native athletes that are participating in the Indigenous Games this week. We're so proud of you. No matter where you're from, no matter where we're from, we're proud of you all. So um, 
We're gonna, yes. I think we're gonna jump to a commercial quick and then we'll be back with more Native Roots Radio. Stay with us. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be be no no room room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. It's 2023 and you might think COVID is behind us. Unfortunately, it is still with us and there are important steps you need to take if you or a loved one is at risk of contracting COVID-19. First, every home in Minnesota is eligible to order eight rapid at-home COVID-19 tests for free once a month at sayyeshometest.org. Even if you have ordered tests before, you can order again. You can do the nasal swab test anywhere and get results in about 15 minutes. If there's a positive test, treat symptoms with rest, fluids, and pain relievers. However, if you're over 65 or have chronic medical conditions, contact your healthcare provider immediately. Follow your provider's advice on care and home isolation. Watch for worsening symptoms or emergency warning signs. Your provider might suggest using a home pulse oximeter to monitor oxygen levels. If symptoms worsen or emergency signs appear, seek medical attention immediately. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since... I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Thank you, Haley, and welcome back. Um, Again, my name is Arvina Martin. I'm the executive director of Emerge Wisconsin, which is a a program that trains Democratic women on how to run for office. And I uh, have the honor of guest hosting for my very first time this amazing radio show, Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. So, yay! Glad glad to have you. You made it through one segment. Yay! We did. (laughs) Look at us, Ho Chunk sisters. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, we were, when we were kind of talking before the show about things that we could talk about today um, after we talked about the indigenous games we're completely switching topics right now um, and talking about something that I had not heard about here in Wisconsin um, about the Red Lake uh, band of Ojibwe that are going to be opening Minnesota's first recreational uh, marijuana dispensary and that that's going to be opening on August 1st of this year. Yes. So this is something that, I mean, if you if you're a Minnesota resident, you would know that we did pass uh, that uh, legal marijuana, marijuana uh, bill, I guess we should call it. But um, so that's going to be going into effect August 1st. But um, a lot of the dispensaries um, in the rest of the state aren't expected to open until early 2025. Hmm. And so I guess this is just a great article that NPR News did uh, last week. This was written by Melissa Olson. But um, this, uh, she said, Red Lake Nation is preparing to sell recreational marijuana at its dispensary on August 1st, the same day uh, Minnesota legalizes cannabis use. And the state law envisions compacts between the state and 11 tribal governments around medical cannabis and adult use recreational cannabis. The legalization makes clear that the tribal governments are sovereign and can only operate regardless of whether the state and tribes enter into an agreement. And can you just like remind our listeners maybe about what it means to be a sovereign nation? 
inside of the United States? Yes, yes. So sovereignty is a huge issue and 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 one that tribes and if you're native, you know, if you are one of our non-native listeners, <clears throat> excuse me, um, sovereignty is a concept that predates contact. Um, sovereignty is not something that has been given to tribes uh, by the U.S. government or any of the pre, you know, the previous governments of uh, European folks that have come to uh, North America. Um, sovereignty like is a is, is a collective um, expression of individual sovereignty and that individuals are basically granting a certain authority in this case their tribe the authority to govern them and that they agree to abide by their rules and again this is this is a concept that is completely independent of anything like recognition um, by the federal government or the treaties um, but these are things that sovereignty is also uh, I guess I would say acknowledged through treaties um, but the lack of treaty does not mean the lack of of sovereignty. Um, so that that's kind of a, a general explanation. And let, let's just say that people write PhD thesis theses, the, aka the plural of thesis. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so to put a definition into like thirty seconds <laughs> is kind of difficult. But uh, true. You know, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think you hit we it. We do what we can. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you got it down yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but Red Lake Nation members uh, had pushed for the sale of recreational marijuana years ago when the ban legalized medicinal cannabis. Uh, Tribal Secretary Sam Strong said in an interview with NPR News last week that it's an opportunity to regulate business at a time when fentanyl is being more found often in cannabis products. Uh, fentanyl, this is quoted here by uh, Secretary, Tribal Secretary Sam Strong. Fentanyl has been taking a deadly toll in our communities, and we want to make sure that we're, prote we're protecting those that choose to participate. And Strong said that the move also creates an investment opportunity for the tribe to provide tested product to individuals that want to purchase it. Red Lakes Dispensary Native Care has been providing medical marijuana to band members and non-members since April of this year. Uh, the dispensary will expand to sell recreational marijuana as well. Uh, so Red Lake is located in the northern in northern Minnesota, pretty much. Um, Strong says the dispensary is accessible for individuals that choose to come to the reservation. The tribal secretary emphasized that non-Red Lakers will be protected by Red Lake tribal laws while on their lands and protected by state laws upon leaving the reservation. Um, he says that he hopes people will check out the dispensary's website and when visiting, they are as respectful as possible to our people and our laws and try to appreciate who we are as people. So, and that, um, that was coming off of NPR news, but that has me thinking how many like foot traffic and how busy that's going to be on the reservation up there in Red Lake and how they are going to, um, just control the security, you know, because we have families and relatives and, and little kids living still in that community where, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's going to bring a lot of people. Yeah, well, and I think about, you know, I live, like I said, I live in Wisconsin, where uh, <laughs> I just saw Robert's note, great energy, who needs Robert? Right. We miss you. <laughs> we miss you. We hope you're having a great vacation, Robert. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, in Wisconsin, where we don't have even legal medical marijuana, um, you know, if and and now with Minnesota, we're getting closer to being surrounded by states that that do have um, legalized recreational marijuana, and. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that this is a great opportunity for the Red Lake Nation to be able to put into place their own security rules and, and again, exercise their own sovereignty and, and how 
you know, they, they dispense and how much they dispense, um, per person. Um, you know, we know that, that other States, you know, only allow people to purchase enough for, uh, personal use so that they don't resell. Um, and, and this is, I mean, this is a great opportunity for a tribal nation to show that, they are that they're capable of handling this kind of you know traffic um you know in in the sense of like more people coming to the reservation um and being able to enforce their own rules and laws and i think that's pretty outstanding right Um, yeah i agree and i think too just so that they they were selling uh medicinal marijuana is Mm -hmm. what i'm reading up on but I mean, what a great, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a great economic opportunity. So I, I know Robert's mentioned it previously, but I used to be on city council here in Madison, Wisconsin. And, you know, if you're driving, if you're driving from Chicago up to Wisconsin, you pass a dispensary um, right on the Chicago or not Chicago, the Illinois, Wisconsin border. And if you go and look at those, those, that parking lot, it's three quarters, Wisconsin parking, uh, uh, dry, uh, excuse me, license plates. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a, as a city council person, part of me couldn't like not help, but think about the tax revenue that, the state is losing out on and right. the, the revenue that this can bring to a, a, a tribe and a tribe in a rural area, I yeah. think is a really great opportunity. And, you know, this, this has the potential to do a lot of great things and provide a lot of really needed services to folks in the Red Lake service area. Right. And I, I think too, like, I, I think it's great that it's indigenous people and native people that are going to be the first to sell because Absolutely. I, I think it should be um, really. Absolutely. And, and that they've already been selling medicinal marijuana. I mean, I know that I have, when I, 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 when I was pregnant, I had hyperemesis gravidarum, which meant I had terrible morning sickness the entire time I was pregnant Oof. and had, yeah. it was rough. And I did not make it back up to my pre-pregnancy weight until like a week or two before my daughter was born. So, oh, wow. you know, I couldn't hold things down and having access to medical marijuana would probably have helped me a great deal um, yeah. without, without having to have prescriptions for, you know, very strong medications that that may have been overkill for what I needed. Right. Or could have made it worse in multiple ways. You never know. Exactly. Exactly. So good on Red Lake. I'm super excited to see how this uh, this economic opportunity uh, for development proceeds. And and I'm I'm really excited. So um, I think we're going to take another commercial break. And when we'll, when we come back, we'll be back with a guest, John Smallwood from Wisconsin progress. um, Because I know Wisconsin, we're going to talk about Wisconsin for a bit. (laughs) All right. We'll be back after this short break. Please stay with us. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at spps.org slash careers. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. 
As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live and and let howl. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hey, it's Patrick for Zero Res. We're heading into July and the heart of summer. The Backyard Barbecues over Independence Day will bring a lot of family and friends over to the house, and your kids will spend a lot of time outdoors on the sports fields and in the backyard. But that also means your guests are going to be spilling the potato salad and your kids are going to be tracking in who knows what from their outdoor explorations or off the sports fields. July is National Carpet Cleaning Month, and because of that, check out this amazing deal Zero Res has going. Zero Res is offering three rooms starting at just 129 bucks, and get a fourth room free. It's also the perfect time of year to get your air ducts cleaned this month and take 20% off any air duct cleaning. Call 952-ZERO-RES or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com and ask for the AM950 special. Again, don't wait. Book your appointment today. Backward or forward spells the same. Zero res. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612-919-5526, 612-919-5526, or autotech.org. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for sunny skies today with a high near 82, tonight partly cloudy with a low around 64, and Wednesday a chance for thunderstorms with a high near 88. At Crooner's Supper Club, the entertainment doesn't stop when the show ends. Head over to Maggie's Lounge for some post-show drinks and great conversation. You'll love the relaxed and friendly atmosphere. That's Maggie's Lounge at Crooner's Supper Club, off Moore Lake and Highway 65. More at CroonersLoungeMN.com. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1. U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Thank you, Haley, and welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. I'm Arvina Martin. I'm your guest host today. You may recognize me from other appearances on this show talking with Robert, and I am really excited to uh, talk with and, and invite my friend John Smallwood to join us for the next half hour. Um, John is the executive director of WisconsinProgress.org. And John, why don't you introduce yourself quick and, and tell us a little bit about what kind of work Wisconsin Progress does. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, such an honor, and uh, I appreciate that. So, Wisconsin Progress is an organization uh, that uh, recruits, trains, and develops local elected officials for higher office. That's uh, that's the short version of what we do. 
Excellent. And uh, some of our listeners um, may be familiar because I've talked with uh, with the on the show about um, what we do at Emerge Wisconsin, where I'm the executive director. Um, and I know that I've mentioned uh, Wisconsin Progress as one of our partner partner organizations. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how or the how the work that we do differs? Like, what what do you guys do at Wisconsin Progress that's different than what we do at Emerge Wisconsin? Sure. So, uh, uh, Emerge does uh, uh, a cohort every year and uh, does deep dives into all kinds of develop personal development, professional development. Wisconsin Progress keys in on getting you the tools that you need to be elected and, and then helping you uh, once you're elected to be uh, uh, good at government. Uh, and we do all the genders uh, for sure. Uh, so all, all you need to do is is care about human beings and treat them well, and uh, you are welcome to uh, come to Wisconsin Progress uh, for any of our trainings. Uh, we do uh, an endorsement process after the trainings uh, that will uh, require you to uh, be a advocate for uh, racial equity. Uh, uh, you have to be uh, um, work towards uh, things that make uh, working families uh, uh, better, stronger, um, and faster. Uh, you have to be uh, an advocate of uh, women women having the ability. Uh, to um, uh, have their own uh, ideas on reproductive uh, rights. Um, and uh, you have to care about uh, our planet. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, and then uh, what we'll do is uh, help you uh, get elected uh, at that point. And then uh, the idea is to uh, develop folks uh, from all walks of life, because we believe that if you look at your county board or your city council or your school board or your town council or your assembly, and you don't see people that look and act and have your background, it's a requirement that you run yourself or find someone like you to run uh, for that, because the elected offices, the elected bodies are supposed to be representative of the people. And you do, you, it doesn't, you don't require a college degree. In fact, if no one uh, on your county board has been homeless and you have, it's a requirement that that voice be heard. Yes. And all the other experiences that make us who we are, because you're not the only one with that one experience, right? So, absolutely. I I really I really like hearing that. I think that when when people talk about experience, especially when it comes to experience and and being ready to serve in local or state government that they think oh college degree um i need to have graduated like summa cum laude whatever that means i certainly did not graduate that with that kind of distinction um but but there there are experiences that that people don't consider to be uh necessary. And, and I, John, I think that what you bring up, especially has there never been anybody that's been homeless, you know, that's served on your city council or county board. I, I think those things are super important. That should have been a question, but I, <laughs> my bad. I, this is my first time hosting. So <laughs> all, yes, all your experiences make you who you are. And I, and 
there is this uh, misconception that if you don't check certain boxes that you're you're not you're not eligible uh, uh, if you have uh, uh, those county boards deal with folks who are incarcerated if you've been incarcerated before and you're eligible to to vote then you're eligible to be on that board and those voices are essential in providing those services from the county likewise i i mean i don't think that i've ever heard anybody talk about oh hey one of my qualifications for running for school board or why I'd be a great school board member is because I dropped out my junior year of high school. We absolutely need to know why you dropped out and what would have, uh, what would that school district need to have done to keep you there uh, so, so that you could graduate from high school? Absolutely. I, I, I think or, that- or even if you didn't, and and uh, people people need services that don't have a college, don't have a high school diploma, you know what it's like. That voice needs to be heard on your county board and your city council. And and sadly, sometimes if if those experiences aren't represented on whatever legislative body that you're talking about, they don't get heard um, because a lot of people that have experienced those things are too busy to testify at committee hearings or school board meetings and the like. So I, I, I yes, John, thank you so much for bringing up the the importance of those kinds of experiences and and as to why those are important to the bodies that serve us generally, you know, at at at, a, at every level. It's so important. Yeah. <laughs> the, your background is just as important as anyone else's. We need people in the medical field. There are so many things that even school boards deal with. So there needs to be somebody with a medical background on those. And this in Wisconsin, generally the county boards are pretty, pretty big, 37 people, 39 people. Uh, there's plenty of room for lots of voices. So. Oh, absolutely. And, um, oh crap. I just, I had an, I had something I was going to say and I just lost it. Um, but, uh, uh, so the work that you guys do, Wisconsin Progress, you guys work not only with people to learn how to be candidates, but then following up and, and working with people that have just been elected and so you can help them learn how to be elected, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, so uh, generally following, following uh, spring elections, uh, we do a governing uh, effectively where you learn uh the tools that you need to be successful in your first month uh, as an elected official. Uh, most bodies use Robert rules of order and most of the bodies don't say that they're supposed to follow them and they don't. So if you know Robert rules of order, then uh, you know how to uh, navigate that situation uh, to get the things that you want passed on that board. Um, so that's knowing the rules is is such a of the body is such a huge part you're absolutely right if you know how to how the 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 rules that the that body abides by you can uh-huh. make them work i i will um laugh and say that i remember being at a unity conference one time which is a for for non-native folks is a an organization that is uh, serves it's a united native uh, tribal youth and uh, I remember a particular time being at the conference and all of the ho-chunk kids because we have general counsel knew Robert's rules of order and so all of these 14 year olds were like no that's not that's not this is not the time no this isn't this isn't a debatable motion and hearing like middle schoolers yelling, this isn't a debatable motion. Oh my God. 
made my nerd heart sing. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And like you said, too, like representation matters 100%. Um, like, I don't know, just here in the Minnesota uh, government, you know, we have Mary Kunish represents and uh, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan and Jamie Becker Finn and Heather Keeler. And it wasn't until I really started showing up in these spaces and getting to know these elected officials where I was like, oh, maybe maybe politics is in the card for me or it, it could be. You know, it wasn't something I started thinking about until I, I met great people who looked like me and represented me. And and yeah. So we are going to be talking a little bit more about um, natives in politics in Wisconsin. Um, I was grateful that uh, segue that you just put in Haley and um, we're gonna jump to a commercial quick and then we will be back with more Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Even though the public COVID-19 emergency might be over, it's still important to stay up to date on vaccinations. And if you're like most people, you probably need a refresher on who should get vaccinated and when. So here's the bottom line. If you're six years or older, aim for that one updated COVID-19 vaccine. It doesn't matter if you've had a previous vaccine or not, you're still in the game. Now, if you're 65 or older, you've got the green light for one extra dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Just wait four months after your first updated dose and you're good to go. And for the little ones, children between six months and five years may need multiple doses, including at least one of the updated vaccines based on their age and previous doses. Remember, always stay informed and reach out to healthcare professionals for personalized guidance. Didn't catch all of that? You can find all of the updated COVID vaccine information at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at DFC. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How <laughs> love that one. <laughs> the last time I last time it happened, I missed it. I didn't know it was happening. <laughs> that was a good howl today. Thank you for I that. Tried, I tried. I tried. <laughs> So welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. I am your guest host, Arvina Mer Martin. I Did I just almost mess up my last name? Oh, Lord. You sounding, sounding like Robert now. Oh, no. I just, my brain moves faster than my mouth can sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm really happy to be here with my friend and uh, 
partner in crime when it comes to doing, uh, working on native or and basically any kind of progressive politics in Wisconsin. John Smallwood, the executive director of WisconsinProgress.org. Hi, John. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I I wanted to kind of uh, mention the from from the end of the last segment when Haley mentioned the names of native people elected to Minnesota state government and I'm not going to lie it made me really really jealous because we don't have any in Wisconsin and that is something that we are working on I'm working on at Emerge Wisconsin and that I'm working on with John at Wisconsin Progress um and, and we did an event, well, not an event, we presented at um, the uh, Wisconsin Indian Education Association conference last spring, um, uh, trying to recruit Native people to run for school boards in particular. Um, John, can you tell me, like, wh what was that experience like? This, I'm presuming this is the first time you've presented before uh, the Wisconsin Indian Education Association. Conference. It was. Thank you for, for inviting me to that. Absolutely. So what, what we did together was uh, uh, one of the trainings that both of our organizations do a lot. It's about an hour and we call it getting ready to run. And it gives you all the tools you need to make the decision of whether you want to run or not. So uh, it tells you what, what's expected of you in local office and um, and what it takes to win an election and then uh, what those first steps are uh, in, in running. Uh, so, um, and we do, at, at Wisconsin Progress, we do that all the time. You can request that uh, uh, training at wisconsinprogress.org on the training page. Uh, there's a link there to uh, to request that request that training. We can do that virtually, or if you can get ten of your friends together, we'll come do it in person wherever you are in Wisconsin. Uh, and um, so uh, it was great to be there uh, at uh, at the Wisconsin Indian Education Association meeting uh, to. Uh, and one of one of those things is what we've already been over is you are qualified, no matter no matter what your background is, you are qualified. And those those that's one of the things that uh, keeps a lot of folks from running. And uh, there uh, are a lot fewer native elected folks in Wisconsin uh, than the percentage of population. And I'm looking to get more than the percentage of population. So let's get some, get, let's get that uh, representation on all levels of government. And where it starts is usually the local level. So and and I find that that for folks that are kind of new to politics, like talking about school school board, like that that is an easier way to see yourself participating like people know what school boards do um sometimes it can be a little bit more nebulous as to what city council does versus what county board does versus what the state legislature does but people still have a kind of solid view or or at least an understanding of of what school boards do so I mean, what do you think about that as like an entry point into political life generally? So everybody wants kids to not be dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we have yes. to educate them. We do not want a bunch of dumb kids running around <laughs> becoming dumb adults. We want our edu we want everybody uh, to uh, to have a good education so that they can have a have a better life. So uh, school board uh, makes a lot of decisions on, uh, on those things. And 
uh, to have that uh, diverse pool to choose from on that on that school board covers everybody in that district. And uh, you can you can generally get support for schools uh, uh, because we all collectively want uh, a an educated we want we want people to uh, to be educated and uh, so that we can live better lives. So yes, it's a great place to great place to start. Absolutely, absolutely, and so that was kind of your first introduction. It, it, like as the executive director of, of Wisconsin Progress to Indian Country and organizing in Indian Country, um, we have talked with several of our partners about how we continue to engage Native people. W- what are you? What are your kind of hopes for engaging Native communities um, in? in public policy and, and a, a political life in Wisconsin? So the, the biggest thing that we need to do is ask people to run. So uh, I, even like I've had, I have no desire to become an elected official, but I sure do want uh, people to, to be elected officials. And studies show that if you're not uh, uh, an older white straight male, it takes multiple people to ask. So everybody listening, you don't have to be the one to run, but do get involved in choosing who's on your school board. Go talk to folks. You know people that would be great on the school board. Uh, and school board is a, is a big responsibility. Those budgets are pretty big. Those school districts are large sometimes. So uh, again, teaching folks to uh, uh, be able to navigate those budgets uh, uh, can help in uh, in higher office as well. And again, having Native folks on every board uh, is essential. It has to. You we need that voice. So, and again, so ask, ask people to so run for office. If, so, so to anybody listening, I'm going to be the first person to ask you. I'm asking you to run for office. John, do you want to ask somebody to run for office? Yeah? I'll ask someone. Yes. I'll ask a listener. I am asking you, please run for office. And John, you too now. <laughs> We get three asks. We I want you to run for office. Three asks. Yes, and yes, John, um, give us your website um, and an email where you can be reached uh, for anybody that's interested. WisconsinProgress.org for the website. John at WisconsinProgress.org with an H J O H N. Thank you so much, John, for joining us today. And thank you for your work and being happy to and, and excited to work with Indian Country here in Wisconsin. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening as my first guest host time. Yay. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you, Arvina. Yes, we'll be back tomorrow. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake.